HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Eat Okra, your guide to Black-owned restaurants. Download the Eat Okra app on your smartphone today. HRN is offering complimentary business memberships to 50 Black, Indigenous, People of Color-owned food businesses this summer. The deadline to apply is July 31st. Each business membership a $500 value is an advertising opportunity that will allow businesses disproportionately impacted by COVID-19 to connect with HRN's listening community and promote their work. To apply and review the terms and conditions, go to heritageradionetwork.org B-I-Z. Welcome to Life's a Banquet with your hosts, Zara Tangora and Nicole Bailey. I'd like to edit that part with your hosts, Spooky Zara Tangora from hell. (laughs) 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 This episode, it's going to be, it's going to be good. I have a good feeling about it. I'm sweating. I'm ready. How about you? Uh, I'm... In central air, so I feel fine. Okay, good, good. Glad to hear it. I'm not. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. I've been sweating. It's hot. I don't know the last time I wasn't sweating. It's really hot. Yeah. It is getting hot in here, and so that's why I have taken off all my clothes. (laughs) All right, let's go. This isn't working. I had high hopes for this show. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What is happening? You're still in Indiana. Tell us. What's it like? Uh, it's suburban. I basically, like, my parents' housewife, they leave in the morning, and then I cook and clean for them. <laughs> That's sweet. Do they Very appreciate sweet. it? I think so. They should. I'm an excellent they cook. They don't boss you around? No. They don't say, clean our underwear, you bitch. They're nice <laughs> to you. You have a good relationship. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, today I made just like a lot of leftovers from the weekend. So I made some strawberry muffins. They were really good. Although, I really, because I was drawn to them because they had a puree of strawberries. Because I basically have these leftover like sugar macerated strawberries from the weekend. And I wanted to put them in something. But I figured it would be better if they were pureed because they're kind of really squishy so I pureed them I found this 
recipe with like this bright pink strawberry bread and I was like this is really cute but then I took them out of the oven and they're just like beige (laughs) (laughs) that happens it's because they use food coloring in theirs oh fucking bitches yeah bright red and I was like oh yeah it's gonna be great and the batter was really cute and pink but then when it baked it was like beige (laughs) yeah you know what Fruits and vegetables, people, you heard it here first, are very sneaky and much like everything else in the world, we can't trust them. No, except Um, for blueberries. Yes, you can trust blueberries, but that's it. I mean, have you ever been to like the farmer's market in the summer and they have all these like amazing, there's like purple green beans, which in itself sounds suspicious, purple green bean, it's like a double negative or something. But then you you blanch them and they're just green. It's like, what's the point of this fucking thing? How, what is that's the what point? I said. There's, there is no point. They're just more expensive. <laughs> they it's are? It's a trick. Not really, no. I'm just being a curmudgeon. Um, like but I, it is cauliflower. annoying. cauliflower? Yeah. But that doesn't turn cheddar white cauliflower. when you cook it. It stays orange. <laughs> it doesn't, but it turns to cauliflower. I, I thought it was cheddar, and then once you blanch it, all of a sudden, it's cauliflower. Mm-hmm. That's why I never blanch it. Just put it right in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes up, oh, on the melted cheesy mix. <laughs> Well, that sounds good. What else have you been cooking up out there? Uh, I made some chili today. What everyone wants to eat when it's 95 degrees outside <laughs> is chili. Mm. Yeah, but we had leftover like beans, and I didn't know what to do with them, so I tossed them in a chili. Well, to be honest, I kind of do think of chili as a warm weather food. I mean, I think of it as a cold weather food. But, I mean, I eat chili pretty much every day of the week of all months of the year. So, it's it's basically what I live on. Chili. Chili. Huh. Is that That's a problem? Not for I'm me. wondering why I don't have a boyfriend. Is it because mm. I eat chili every day? <laughs> that could be one of the reasons. Other than that, I'm perfect. I'm amazing <laughs> at communicating. I don't have any attachment issues. I have no, like parent trauma it's just the chili eating but i can't quit you chili (laughs) (laughs) do you do like different kinds of chili like white chicken chili no 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 just beef just chili straight from the can right out of the can hormel all the way (laughs) yeah i don't even heat it i just eat it right cold out of the can i like it when you can taste the metal from the can yeah, me too. And I just, like, put it in... I have a dog bowl at my house, um, leftover from a dead dog I had, and I just use that, and I just eat it off the floor. Yeah, but, that's, uh, what, that's what chili used to look like in the... Or dog food used to look like in the movies. It was just chili. But dogs yeah. don't eat like that anymore. <laughs> no. First of all, chili is poisonous to dogs. And second of all, dog food is not as bad as you would think. Um, no, it's fine. Dogs can eat chili. And humans can eat dog food. Yeah. There's a, I keep getting on these Instagram advertisements for, like, bougie dog food for some reason. Why? Maybe Instagram knows that you have a dog and you don't. Maybe when you go back to New York, there's going to be a dog in your house. <laughs> oh, that's not good for the dog. <laughs> really when you get home, there's going to be a dead dog. <laughs> hmm. Who thought dead dogs could be so hilarious? I don't know. They're funnier than you thought. Oh, um, the guy who wrote... All dogs go to heaven. Am I right? <laughs> Another lie. Some dogs go to hell. 
But <laughs> I definitely had one dog that went to hell. We had a dog when I was growing up that um, this dog was named Peep. And my parents got it when they were getting a divorce. It was like a sympathy dog. It was like maybe she won't be fucked up if we get her Bichon Frise at age like five or six. And so I named it Peep, which is an adorable name for a dog. And like after the marshmallow treat? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was. I think I've always liked to say Peep. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty cute sometimes. Sometimes I'll just be like Peep, Peep, Peep. And I think I peeped a lot as a little kid. Um, and, uh, which is now the sound I make only when I eat chili. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I named this dog Peep, and it bit everybody in the house, and it try- it was suicidal. Like, when we'd be in the car, it would try to jump out the window, and my mom would, like, have to catch it by its tail or foot, and it would be, like, hanging out the window. And then we had to give it away. My mom didn't have the patience to train it. You know, she was, like, a single mom going through a divorce, and so we tried to give it away, and everyone's house that we would bring it to, it would, like, bite them and attack them. Yeah. So do they have to, like, put it down? I don't know what happened to it. Probably. I mean, I hope they did it professionally. My dad didn't just, like, take it outside and, like, you know, bring it to Slit his throat? <laughs> Slit his throat. Yeah. Stab it to death. <laughs> uh. And our show has been canceled. Thank you. It was great. Great being with you. This used to be about a, a food show, and now it's a show about stabbing dogs. Um, <laughs> to death. <laughs> to death. Now it's a show about stabbing dogs to life. Um, but uh, I, I don't think that dogs still went to heaven. If if this movie is to be believed, even badly behaved dogs go to heaven. Yeah, I did have a rabbit one time that my grandfather killed and and ate. Um, I found that out pretty much on my dad's deathbed. It was one of the last things he told me. He's, He's like, like, and he you- ate fluffy. Yeah, I don't even remember what this fucking rabbit's name was. But what I do remember about this rabbit, that oddly we kept it in a, like, a, a little house that my, I guess my dad must have built. And it was so tall. It was like a tower. It was like you had to Gosh. climb a ladder to get to the bunny's house. That's so and, other things don't eat it. Okay, but it still seems like the imagery of having a bunny that, like, lives in a high-rise apartment building is, like, <laughs> is weird. It was, like, three stories up. They are prone to predators. Yeah, I guess that's why they did it. Because this bunny lived very luxuriously in a penthouse on the on the 17th floor. Yeah. Um, but uh, my grandfather, parent, and the, my parents just told me it ran away, but my grandfather was the kind of guy who really, you know, he was very frugal because he grew up very poor and, and died poor. And um, during the depression, during the the Great Depression, and um, he was the kind of guy who would like pick the dandelion greens out of the driveway and like you know, but then cool stuff like he'd go fishing and clamming and whatever. But uh, I guess you know he ate the the bunny. I don't know why he had to eat the bunny we had, but well, he rabbits was a are the climber. only rabbits are the only creatures that we keep as pets and also eat and wear. We don't do that with That's any other true. animals. That's true. That's weird, isn't it? I guess so. I was reading about this for some reason. I don't know why. But I was, I was somehow reading about how people used to eat rabbit all the time. It was totally normal to eat rabbit in the United States of America. Uh-huh. Um, and it just declined because beef became cheaper. That's the only reason. But it used oh, to be wow. a very common staple. I love it. I mean... Well, actually, I'm going to retract that statement. I like it. It doesn't, like, 
eating rabbit, you know, if it's prepared well, it can be delicious. Like great fried rabbit or stewed rabbit, rabbit cake, rabbit cannolis, whatever. Um, can all be very delicious, but I'm never like craving rabbit. You know what I mean? It's more of yeah. just like, oh, that's fun that it's on the menu. And like, if it's made well, it's good, but it's not like, I don't know, really any better. I hate when people say it tastes, things taste like chicken, but rabbit really does kind of taste like chicken. Yeah. It's funny. So, it has like, its own specific dishes that people make with it though. Yeah. We used to use a lot of rabbit at Brucey. Um, lot of rabbit they don't look very cute without their skin on that's for sure no they don't they're much cuter with skin like most things actually (laughs) (laughs) they're better with skin (laughs) (laughs) this just in things are better with skin um (laughs) i have been cooking up a storm because i have a party the first job that i'm doing since cooking for i won't say the name but the, the lead singer of the talking heads um a couple months ago, which was like three or four months ago at this point. Oh, my um, nephew's here. You guys might hear my nephew in the background. He's in the other room, but he's loud and well, he's hopefully six. Hopefully he has something interesting to add to this conversation. <laughs> Did you say he's fixed? No, he's six. Oh, thank the Lord. Okay, that's fine. We could listen. I think a six-year-old probably has more interesting things to say. Probably can do better research than me, at least. So if he wants to join, that's, that's fine with me. Okay, um, great. Yeah, he, uh, um, I've been, I started making him when I started, <laughs> I started making him virgin versions of the cocktails that I've been experimenting with and I called mm-hmm. them kid, kid cocktails. And so mm-hmm. and then he said the other day that he loves cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, oh no, don't say that to anyone. That's hilarious. Um, I mean, that's kind of like Shirley Temple's, right? Like, I think they're even called kitty cocktails. Somewhere, Are they? Which kitty cocktail makes me just think of like, I don't know, child abuse. But <laughs> yeah, I think they call them kitty cocktails somewhere. I used to love drinking Shirley Temples. And then when I got to be like, mm, maybe age 11, I remember like my first foray into like getting fucked up was taking shots. We'd like go into the bathroom of my friend's house and we would bring like a bottle of Sprite and like a shot glass and we'd like take shots of Sprite and smoke tea and pretend to be fucked up. <laughs> right? That's can't dumb. Say the darndest thing. Yeah, it's super dumb. And coincidentally, I'm doing that now still because I'm Sprite? trying not to drink. Yeah, I'm just, I'm hooked on Sprite, man. I can't get off it. No, huh. I'm just kidding. I haven't had Sprite in mad long. That's not my, wouldn't be my, I don't really drink soda, but that would not be my go-to. No, no, no. So, Although anyway, diet I mean, sprite, diet sprite's a good option if you're trying to be low cal and caffeine free. Oh word! Yeah, um, I had a diet soda the other day. I went to Mary's house, our friend Mary, for the Fourth of July, and uh, I wasn't really drinking because I was driving, and she lives out on Long Island. But I had one like light cocktail early in the day, and it was her family's favorite, which is. Um, Fresca and bourbon. And it was delicious. Bourbon? Yeah, Fresca and bourbon. It is That's weird. very good. Fresca Dan is will... usually paired with tequila because it's like a Mexican, you know, grapefruit tequila thing. Interesting. Well, also, listen, in Mexico, Fresca is not diet like it is here. Oh, snap. Well, the O'Malley's all drink this, and I was really into it. Dan and I both agreed that it could have used a squeeze of lime. The O'Malley's were both offended by this suggestion, but I stand by it that if you're going to make it, 
say fuck you O'Malley's and put a squeeze of lime in it hmm. bourbon and but, grapefruit uh, soda interesting yeah it's pretty good um but anyway yeah I've been cooking for the first time for this job that I have and I was just making a chocolate nemesis cake and you're supposed to slowly bake it at 250 for like 7 million hours and I accidentally put it at 350 and I think it came out better <laughs> so what is chocolate accident, nemesis cake it's like the cake that they, it's like the famous chocolate cake from the River Cafe that they do oh, at yeah, Shea yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. People like, it's a good option if you want to do like a, you know, a lot of folks want gluten-free cho- or like flourless fudgy chocolate. And it's actually the, the reason I make it so often other than that it's delicious. It's very, very, very easy to make. Mm. Oh, I had a baking fail. Another one. One of oh, many. Oh, what happened? Every time you fail, you learn something. Sure, and an sure. angel gets its wings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a dog angel? Um, yeah. I made... So I was going to make... My sister... I don't... Shannon, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. But she brought a ton of food to the house that they had bought at the grocery store in Chicago. And I just, like... Uh-huh. For me, personally, I don't understand why they do that. Because our parents have a refrigerator full of shit already. Um right. So anyway, she brought it all down, then she skips down and goes back to Chicago. And so there's this huge thing of almond butter in the fridge, but it's, like, from, I don't know, it's, like, really dry. Like, it's not, it's not, like, a brand. It's, like, in a plastic container, and it's, I don't know. Okay. So they got it, like, they made their own at Whole Foods or something, but all the right. oil isn't in it, so it's just really dry. It sounds great. So I was like, okay, I'll make almond butter cookies, like, the flourless kind. Um, yeah. They're just three ingredients like an egg and sugar and peanut butter or whatever um but i'll use almond butter and i'll use honey because honey's wet and this almond butter's freaking dry (laughs) yeah and then i also decided to put rolled oats in there too for some fiber yeah and then they just didn't turn out i think the the peanut butter or the almond butter was so dry that i don't really know you know with baking it's hard to kind of just wing it um, cause it's so, you know, chemistry and all that. So they ended up being sort of like, I also added chocolate chips, thank God. But, um, they sort of taste like healthy breakfast cookies, but really healthy, like <laughs> mm, too healthy, healthy, healthy to, and they're too dry. They were way too dry. Criminally healthy. You yeah. should have used carob chips. Then they would have been really disgusting. Do you ever I, have carob? Yeah, I hate carob. I fucking you know what? I'm not going to say it because I'm trying not to complain. I'm trying to turn over a new leaf of positivity in my mm. life. But I will just say this one thing that I fucking hate carob. You know <laughs> carob is gross. Sixlets. You know that candy sixlets is like fake M&M's? No. Well, I used to get them when I was a kid. They're like cheap M&M versions. They're like little, they're like shell coated balls of chocolate instead of like M&M shape. But mm, they're gross. really gross and they're made with carob. I found out years later. Yeah, carob should be arrested. Um, <laughs> carob's gross. I used to get, like, my mom was pretty healthy. My mom was an extremely healthy eater when I was growing up, as I've mentioned on the show before, did not impart any of these uh, boundaries or limitations on me. I just ate, like, total shit. But she would get, like, Rice Dream ice cream bars for herself, and they had carob on the outside. And I still do think of them fondly, but I remember at the time being revolted by the carob. It's weird. 
Yeah, no thanks. I don't I don't even want to give it any more airtime. It's like saying the president's name. I feel like we're just <laughs> giving it a lot of power that it doesn't deserve. Right? Um, Let's not talk about it anymore. I feel like Carib maybe is good. I don't know. What's its deal? <laughs> Listen, Carib, call us. Call into the show if you're listening. Big do you work for Big Carib? <laughs> we could do an episode about it. What do you what do you say? No, I say absolutely not. Absolutely not. But what are we doing today? Should we get into our old topic, Rooney? Oh, before that, I wanted to talk about this podcast I was listening to. Speaking of, speaking of the depression, mm, um, yeah. it's called Eat the Rich. It's a great podcast about eating the rich. Even though it is three white dudes, I still recommend it. Um, okay. But basically, they were talking about how they were talking about the 4th of July and like so they were they did like stories about like what is quintessentially American and essentially what they learned me is that capitalism and American exceptionalism and all that is or like not capitalism but like American exceptionalism and individualism and pro-capitalism was all propaganda like essentially after during the depression we did the new deal and everyone was like Mm -hmm. thanks a lot um And the business, the capitalist people were like, well, this isn't good because we don't want this guy to get reelected and we don't want, we don't want socialism. That's bad. So we need to explain to people that the only way to get out of the depression is not public works, but capitalism. And so they started this campaign called the American way, which is a huge PR campaign that basically told people that we're the best country and we're number one and we have the best standard of living and capitalism is the only way that you're going to be able to get yourself out of the depression and the whole bootstraps thing and that whole American ideology that just seems in my mind like baked into the fabric of America didn't come about until the 1930s and it was all propaganda that's very interesting I know and it's such an easy time to You know, when people are so collectively weak, and obviously we should really look out for stuff like that now, like, people are collectively weak, everybody is struggling and having a hard time, and it's like when you can prey upon people's individual, like, um, instincts the most, right? Because if people are generally kind of okay, they're going to be way less, um, you know willing to be like okay yeah I will just think about my you know what I mean like if you're fine you're gonna be like okay yeah I can give a little to somebody else or I can think about community more I mean not everybody but if you're really desperate of course you're gonna be more inclined to think about yeah all right I mean the capitalist individualistic agenda totally makes perfect sense yeah it's uh it's a real bummer but the new deal wasn't like a perfect solution either as we all know no, it, it completely but it's like the most black people it's like the leftist thing the government's ever done <laughs> and that's true it's as far left as we could ever go yeah well now as far left as we can go is not to make this a joe biden podcast <laughs> but is uh having a candidate who is either deceased or at the very least just completely hiding out and i uh, he's reanimated i'm telling you <laughs> <laughs> he's a dead man who's been reanimated like weekend at bernie's except for he wasn't really reanimated oh it hurts it all hurts <laughs> have you ever seen Should the we... reanimator horror films yes of course absolutely <laughs> starring joe biden um yeah no it's it's a it's a tragic state of affairs here in america but 
don't know. I'm trying to be hopeful, which for me just means completely putting my hands over my ears and eyes for like five minutes every day and just... (laughs) Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm keeping my ears and eyes very open, but like, I am trying to, in all honesty, like take little breaks of like positive visualization for like both my personal life and the world, because I found myself getting into a very, re- like, I'm not being hard on myself about this. Cause I think it's very normal to feel very defeated at this point and very angry. It would be weird not to feel angry, but I think I need to balance it because I want to try to have some peace of mind for myself and also be a part of, uh, you know, a good part of society, which if I get too far into the negativity hole of it, um, I'm not, I feel like I'm not being actually a good part of society. So I'm trying to find some balance with that. It's hard. Yeah, for sure. It's really hard I, um, to find the right Yeah, in Indiana, the same. Although it's, it's obviously different here. I've been watching the news a lot more. I never watch the news. I don't have a TV in my New York apartment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I've been watching the news here. In your Upper West Side Classic Six, you have no TV. I know it's weird. Um, <laughs> it's in the maid's room, and we can't find the key. Um, <laughs> she, she's dead in there with a pile of dead dogs. No, we don't have a maid. That's no, we're not That's rich. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but so the news. It's interesting. Indiana just mandated in July that you have to wear a mask. It's like a rule now. Wow. Okay. Which is, I don't need, did they even do that in New York? Yeah. They did? So. I think so. Everyone is wearing a mask. I mean, not everyone. I don't know if they did it in New York. Well, not the people who are sitting and eating at fucking restaurants. They're definitely not wearing a mask. Hey, if you're listening to the podcast again, I'm not complaining because I'm a positive person now who doesn't <laughs> complain, but Wear a fucking mask if you're gonna go to a restaurant. Be well, you don't, just a little bit respectful. They don't have to wear masks when they're sitting down to eat. That's in the rules. I know, but like, it's like if people, if your server is like approaching you, like just have some respect for them and like put a mask on. I don't know. I, yeah. Don't go to restaurants. We're preaching to that. the choir. I don't think any like non-restaurant people are listening to this podcast. Although you never know, or, Joe Biden or anyone, <laughs> or anyone. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, let's get into our topic. Yeah, it's super. It's good. It's a great topic. It's good. It's thick. Right. Ew. No, not it's mine. Slippery. It's slippery. It's thick. It's kind of divisive. Divisive. It's Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Our topic is Joe Biden. Just kidding. It's mayonnaise. Your topic is mayonnaise. My topic is Miracle Whip. Right. So I guess our topic is creamy white condiments. Salad dressing. Salad dressing. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about Miracle Whip. Okay. Things you can make with eggs. That's what our topic is. <laughs> yes. Yes. Things to be made with eggs and oil. Um. Okay. So I'm going to talk about Miracle Whip. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, or MW, as I like to call it. Just kidding. I never called that. Uh, <laughs> um, hold on. Where am I here? I found this information from Wikipedia, ye old Wikipedia, and mash.com, an article by Ben Fisher. Okay. Uh, ben. Yeah, he called it the untold story of Miracle Whip, but I really only learned one morsel of information from him. That's fine. Um, <clears throat> so, 
Miracle Whip is, according to Wikipedia, a sauce condiment, whatever that means. It was developed as a less expensive alternative to mayonnaise in the Depression, 1933, because people stopped buying mayonnaise at the store and started making their own mayonnaise because it was way cheaper, and mayonnaise sales plummeted, and Kraft was like, oh no, what do we do? (laughs) Um, So then they were like, they're like, dudes, hey, get over here. This mayonnaise is cheaper, and it's called Miracle Whip. Um, it premiered at the Century of Progress, <laughs> Chicago World's Fair in 1933. So this is another World's Fair premiere food, which is Amazing. basically the only foods I ever want to talk about are foods that premiered at the World's Fair or allegedly appeared. Um, sure. It soon became a huge success as a condiment for fruits, vegetables, and salads. Just no, a- fruits. No, fruits. <laughs> um, and it soon... Began to outsell mayonnaise, but that's not surprising because uh, mayonnaise sales had plummeted. (laughs) Mayonnaise was for the upper echelon. Um, Part of the success came from a sponsorship of two radio programs. Um, They basically sponsored the radio programs and everyone's like, this stuff sounds great. We're going to buy it. Um, Kraft developed the product in-house using a patented emulsifying machine. Invented by Charles Chapman, star of what? film, <laughs> star of Charles? stage and screen. <laughs> oh, that's Charles. Wait, Charles Chaplin. He, Charlie Chaplin invented the Miracle Whip Maker? No, this is Charles Chapman. It's a different guy. Um, oh, Tracy Chapman. It's Tracy Chapman's father, yes. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Uh, the machine was called the Miracle Whip because it evenly blended more than 20 different spices. Oh. <gasps> Mysterious what? spices that have never been re- released to the public. Um, Secret spices? Yeah. Wow. There is an alternative story about the origin of Miracle Whip that a man named Max Crossett invented it in 1931 for his cafe, and he called it Max Crossett's Extra Fine Salad Dressing. They say the story goes that he sold it to Kraft for $300 in 1931. However... The craft archivist, who provides most of the information that we have in the Wikipedia article, disputes this claim and says that it was made in-house. So, since she's an archivist, I'm going to trust her, you know? Yeah. Also, believe women, you know what I'm saying? Like, she says, it's not true. Um, Yeah, so she's like, no, Max Crossett, get out of here. It was a totally different salad dressing. He did maybe sell it. They bought a bunch of salad dressing recipes in the old days, but... It's not Miracle Whip. It's not the tangy zip of Miracle Whip, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Here are the ingredients that are listed on the label. Are you ready? Mm. Yes, now I'm ready. Go ahead. Water. Soybean oil. High fructose corn syrup, which I think is the quintessential American ingredient. Yes, Uh, you're right about that. Vinegar. Modified cornstarch, eggs, salt, natural flavor. What is that? Bugs? I don't know. Mustard flour, <laughs> pot- potassium sorbate, spice, and dried garlic. Which wow, is not interesting. In- the dried garlic they're willing to give up, but nothing else. I know it's also like spice. It's not included in the spices, but I keep the dried garlic with my spices. Is that wrong? Oh, if if it. If it's wrong, then I don't want to be right, <laughs> as they say in Miracle Whip. 
Um, here are two fun facts about Miracle Whip. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> craft yeah. paid, pay, craft paid Lady Gaga. They called her on the phone and they're like, "Ma'am, put Miracle Whip in your telephone video." And she was like. <gasps> please give me six million dollars and they're like sure i'm guessing that's how much it was i don't really know right 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 oh my god wow i didn't i've never well i did i have seen the video but i didn't notice the mirror clip did you same for me i mean i've seen that video like 10 million times like everyone else whenever it came out 30 years ago but i have no memory of the craft mirror clip either sorry craft it didn't work were they just like Uh, rubbing it on their butts no idea hmm then suspect in 2018, the town of Mayo, Florida, Florida, oh. changed its name to Miracle Whip as a publicity scent. Whoa. You hear that, mayonnaise? You burnt! <laughs> 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 Is what they put on their billboard, I'm assuming. <laughs> that's funny. Um, that's all I have, so it's a good thing that we blabbered on for so long at the beginning, because it's just a little bit about Miracle Whip. No, that's amazing. I've never. To, I'm going to tell you something that you may not know about Maricop is that I've never had it, and not because I'm, I'm being a snob or anything like that. Like I don't want to have it. I just like it's one of the things, one of those quirky things about me that uh, I've never had. I've never had Maricop or beef jerky, or cottage cheese. Hmm. I don't know why, but I know those are three things that you really like. Do you feel like we could be friends still? I really like beef jerky. That's not true. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I feel like the thing that you usually tell people when you first meet them is, hello, I'm Nicole. I really like beef jerky. <laughs> Don't spread this propaganda. Don't tread on me, you man. Heard, <laughs> you heard it here first, man. Uh, Nicole, she's single. She loves beef jerky almost as much as I love canned chili out of a dog bowl. <laughs> um, I do like beef jerky. So I'm not trying to trash beef jerky, but it's more like a road trip food. Sure, sure. Yeah, I don't feel like you're eating it like a first thing in the in the morning. As soon as you wake up, you stretch your arms out, reach for a piece of beef jerk. Um, I haven't had. I hadn't had Miracle Whip in a long time. I we had my sister bought some for the weekend, and it's good. I used to. My mom used to buy that instead of mayonnaise. I grew up eating that on all like tuna salad, potato salad, any kind of prepared salad. We would use Miracle Whip instead of mayonnaise. You know what? I'm interested in trying it. I've actually never had any... I don't think I've had consciously had, at least not purchased or used myself, any non-Hellman's mayonnaise. Really? It's a class issue. I feel like people who are poor use Miracle Whip, although... Drag me. Get me if I'm wrong. We were very poor growing up. Yeah, but your mom was like high-minded, so she was eating carob and freaking milk that's true soy whatever those things were rice, rice milk spending all the money all the family's money on hellman's mayonnaise also rice the- milk has so much sugar in it <laughs> well that's probably why my mom is so obese just kidding she's very thin and has always been very thin um all right well i oh shit we have to take a break shit oh right it's time oh, for yeah. a break all right, get out of here, you nuts. Listen to these sponsors. They're going to tell you where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to buy. Bye, bye, bye. Sell, sell, sell. This episode is brought to you by Eat Okra. 
your guide to Black-owned restaurants. If you'd like to support local Black-owned businesses, or maybe just find a new favorite place to eat, download the Eat Okra app now. Whatever city you find yourself in, Eat Okra will connect you to hundreds of Black-owned restaurants, bakeries, cafes, food trucks, bars, and wine shops. Download the Eat Okra app on your smartphone today to get started. And we're back! We are back. What'd you think about those products? Huh? You like them? You I like have the no opinions. I love the products. I love the products and I love the people. Now, I'm going to talk to you about regular old mayonnaise, particularly Hellman's mayonnaise. But I'm going to start with a joke about mayonnaise because it's been a while since anyone's laughed. Am I right, everyone? Okay. <clears throat> so, Jesus and the disciples are at the Last Supper. Wow. Jesus- <laughs> <laughs> now, please bear in mind that I know nothing about religion. So if this is very offensive to people, I'm going to apologize up front. Uh, the show's already been canceled because of the dog stabbing comments. So really, I'm sure no one's even listening anymore. Um, Jesus and the disciples are at the Last Supper. Jesus holds up a cup of wine and says, this is my blood. Then he holds up a loaf of bread and says, this is my body. Then he holds This up really some happened. Mayonnaise. Okay. And then he holds up some mayonnaise and Peter says... Let me stop you right there, Jesus. <laughs> it's supposed to be cum. Oh, that was not clear to me. It's supposed to be cum. Although, if we're going to be honest, mayonnaise doesn't really look like anything like cum. And if your cum looks like mayonnaise, you need to go to a doctor. I still think that the joke is funny. It plays. <laughs> okay. And it stays. <laughs> and, I play, and I play it. Like okay. It okay? Listen. I'm offended by this because it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. It stinks. Listen, you should have heard, oh, there's a lot of racist mayonnaise jokes out there. So this was really the only main joke about mayonnaise I could find and read on the air. Is that um, true? Yeah. Listen, when you go, when you Google jokes for anything, every fucking joke is like racist. And, or we got to get that stupid. out of here. I know. I did. I have reported some of the jokes. We have to purge. Yeah. We probably have to purge Urban Dictionary too. Because I looked up something on there about mayonnaise, and it was inappropriate. Not because of race, but because of, um, I don't remember why. Hmm. Well, the joke's over. We can leave it in our rear view mirror. Oh, I think it's like um, making fun it of... funny. It's like making fun of a woman for being overweight or something. It's like, oh, just like, okay. that's not funny anymore, guys. Low yeah, no. Okay. According to Wikipedia, mayonnaise, informally known as mayo... <laughs> is a thick, <laughs> cold sauce or dressing commonly used in sandwiches, hamburgers, composed salads, and on french fries. Um, sandwiches and hamburgers? Yeah, hamburgers and hamburger sandwiches. I don't consider a hamburger sandwich. I don't care. Okay. I'm not going to argue this right now, but it's not a sandwich. It's, it's oh, you're not going to argue it right now? Really? I'm not going to fucking talk I'm ready. about this. I'm ready. I'm not going to talk about this. I'm not you, complaining anymore, so don't come at me about hamburgers. You come at me. You get at, get at me. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm driving to Indiana right now. We're going to fist. We're going to come into fisticuffs. <laughs> it's also used as a base for many other sauces, such as tartar sauce, remoulade, and rue. Um, I also just want to say that a part of my, as a single person now, is stepping my big toe back in the dating arena. 
I'm going to go ahead and say, in case anybody out there is interested in dating me, that if you don't like meanies, don't send in your application. I'm not interested. I'm not ever dating another non-male person. And I'll tell you why. Because I think it speaks to a larger issue of, like, being, like, I don't know, having some other emotional issues. What do you think? (laughs) I think that people who don't like mayonnaise have an association with mayonnaise. It has nothing to do with its actual flavor. Um, Agreed. However, I don't really like some homemade mayonnaises, like diners mayonnaise, for example. Well, they don't have have enough enough salt seasoning in it. Yeah, and so that just tastes like whipped up egg fat, like things that just taste like just fat, like the flavor itself is fat. Don't really appeal to me. So I think that people, that's people's problem with it. But I have a friend who doesn't like mayonnaise, and I just thought of this today because I was like, wait, don't you like hollandaise sauce? Because that's like (gasps) mayonnaise. It's hot mayonnaise. It's hot lemony mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. And I actually, like, I like Hellman's because it has all those artificial flavors in there. Um, yeah. And whatever. Anyway, going, moving on. I just think that people who don't right. like it. Oh, go ahead. No, I get it. I feel you. People who don't like it have a weird association with it, and I understand that. And I welcome everybody to eat or not eat as much mayonnaise as they want. I'm just saying <laughs> that if you want to get with me, if you want to get with me, all right, don't mm-hmm. come with your mayonnaise hatred because I don't need any picky eaters in my life. I don't need any fussy people, whatever, all that. Now, this is going to turn, I, you know what, fuck mayonnaise. I want to talk about, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want to I talk about mayonnaise. And I'm also not complaining, so just retract that part. Okay, in 1750, Francesque oh, no. Roger Gomilia, <laughs> a Valencian friar, published a recipe for a sauce similar to mayonnaise in the Art de la Cucina, or the Art of Cooking. I, I speak Spanish. Um, he called it aioli bow. Wait, so it's Italian, not French? No, no, it's Spanish. Oh, Spanish. Sorry, Spanish. I'm bad at... This is my public school education talking here, guys. Yeah, Sorry. That, I was speaking Spanish. Um, earlier recipes of The Spaniards similar, invented mayonnaise. Spaniards invented mayonnaise. And they make, according to a listener... Uh, a loyal listener I was just speaking with, he believes that Spanish people, the Spanish people make the best aioli. And so we're going to go with that. Okay. Um, earlier recipes of similar emulsified sauces, usually bearing garlic, appear in a number of Spanish recipe books going back to the 14th century. Um, and they're called, they're like called aioli, but it's spelled differently. It's A-L-L-I-O-L-I. Aioli. I'm just a lonely little aioli. The musical. Aioli. The musical. So anyway, that just translates in Catalan to garlic and oil. So they're eating aioli all over Spain in the 1700s and before. But on April 18th, 1756, the Duke of Richaud invaded... Menorca and the port of Mejon. So that guy was French. So the French basically invade <laughs> Spain. And the theory states that when they did that, they this duke loved mayonnaise so much, he went around making all the people in Spain tell him how to make mayonnaise. He went to local restaurants. He's like, make me some mayonnaise and show me how to make this mayonnaise. And, then and they're like, like dude, you just conquered us. We're not going to show you anything. Yeah, exactly. He's like raping their women. He's like, show me how to make the mayonnaise while I rape all the local women. 
Hmm. So basically the French stole mayonnaise um, from the Spanish. Does Julia Child know about this? Julia Child uh, was fully aware of this and yeah, and said nothing and did nothing (laughs) and did nothing. So the dressing came over the Atlantic in 1838 it swam across the Atlantic. <laughs> it floated because, as you know, mayonnaise is very is, is very good at floating because it's made of oil and oil and water don't mix. So it, it went on a little floaty trip um, across the Atlantic. And it landed at Manhattan's restaurant, Delmonico's, um, in 1838. And they put on their menu lobster and chicken mayonnaise. Okay. Like, right? So, like, like a not a dip. So, like, when things, like, in old menus say, like, you know, eggs mayonnaise or like chicken mayonnaise. It doesn't mean it's like mayonnaise made out of chicken. It means it means it's chicken with mayonnaise. Which honestly, yes. one of my favorite th- uses of mayonnaise is just like roasted chicken with like mayonnaise on it. And fucking sue me, please. I, I can't. Wish I wish somebody would sue me. <laughs> sue me, please. I have a suing fetish. Um, okay. <laughs> so hang on. Let me make sure we're still recording. We are okay. In 1903, Richard Hellman came over from Prussia, a.k.a. Germany, to New York City. And then in 1904, he married Margaret Vosberg, and her parents owned a deli. And then they opened their own deli called the Hellman's Deli at 490 Columbus Avenue. And he made, like, this delicious mayonnaise, and everybody loved it. And they, like, figured out how to sell it to go. Um, And they were selling it in, like, giant stone, like, hotel size things made of stone but what then year they, was this this was in 1905 okay when they opened so then in 1913 he builds a factory to produce tons of mayonnaise and he starts selling it under the name hellman's blue ribbon mayonnaise um starts jarring it and then in 1915 two years later he sold a store and opened a small mayonnaise factory at 120 Lawrence Street, now West 126th Street in Manhattan. And then by the end of that year, he opens another factory in Long Island City. Uh, the following year, he incorporated to make Richard Hellman Inc. And he tried other products for a little bit. They tried making horseradish, prepared horseradish, pumpernickel bread. And then he's like, fuck all this. I, you know, my real love is mayonnaise. And I have to, <laughs> I have to pursue my dreams. My true heart is filled with eggs. Uh, <laughs> My heart is literally at this point filled with mayonnaise. And then he died of a heart attack. Just kidding. So I didn't realize that Hellman's was New York based. Does it say that on the label? <laughs> it doesn't. I don't think. I mean, I've never really spent that much time looking at the label out of fear for how many calories are in each tablespoon. But um, yeah, it was it was New York. So then in 1920, the New York Tribune... Um, the failing New York Tribune, just kidding, literally. <laughs> That's funny. Asked as three chefs to rate commercial salad dressing brands, and they voted that Hellman's was the best. So then it, like, their sales boost, there's a big mayonnaise boom. What were People the other two, it. what were the other ones? I couldn't find that information. Mm. I don't know. I have no clue. Should we just end the episode there? Let's go. <laughs> I'm done. Um, they said that it had, they liked it because it like had kind of like a, a taste that they couldn't quite put their finger on and it had a great consistency. Um, so then unfortunately, uh, his wife died that same year as he became a U.S. citizen uh, in 1920 and he marries another woman 
And her name is Nina Maxwell, and we don't hear any more about her in the story. Apparently, I that guess his wife must like, have died pretty young. That seems pretty quick of a turnaround to remarry so quickly. I'm just judging him. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think it seems suspicious, to be completely honest. Oh, my God. Suspicious. There's murder. Yeah. Well, <laughs> listen, there's more. Later on in my story, we're going to get to a lot of mayonnaise murders. <gasps> um, okay. So, 1922, sale of mayonnaise were launched in Toronto, all through Canada. Um, and he decides to go to California and he opens a plant in California. So. Why? While it was because he just was like expanding. He's like, my mayonnaise company is going great and we need another plant like on the West Coast. Because I guess okay. shipping probably wasn't like it was now. So it's just easier to have places. Oh, to like spread coast. the love. I just don't, you know, constant expansion is suspicious there. You just should well, be happy I mean, with what you were. <laughs> absolutely. He's a capitalist villain. We have him to blame for our current situation in the economy. Um, so he sells his company to Best Foods Mayonnaise, which was popular on the West Coast. Yes. Um, and so basically, this is very interesting. This is the reason I've told basically this whole story is because this part really interests me. So then both brands of mayonnaise had such commanding market shares. Like Best, Best Mayonnaise was so big on the West Coast and Hellman's was so big on the East Coast. To this day, Best Foods Mayonnaise is sold west of the Rocky Mountains in the in Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, and Hellman's is sold to the east of the Rockies, uh, and in North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. I have no idea but what they're doing. In the same mayonnaise, right? Right, but I guess it's just not called Hellman's. I mean, anytime my favorite thing to do is to look at like New York Times recipes for tuna salad because people in the comments just go buck wild and oh, interesting. people will talk about best foods versus Hellman's versus Duke's versus making your own blah blah blah, blah. Um, invariably somebody's going to be like I don't like Hellman's because it's not real mayonnaise because it has sugar in it and just like well, they can go fuck themselves again I'm not complaining but just like yeah like SD like Hellman's is around 1905 so like you know yeah. That is mayonnaise, bro. Yeah, it's it's mayonnaise, all right. So anyway, Richard Hellman dies of a mayonnaise overdose in <laughs> uh, 1971. Actually, oh, no, he lived he a very fell, long life. He fell in a vat he, of mayonnaise? <laughs> he fell and choked to death in a vat of mayonnaise. Um, uh, it's very sad. No, he died in a nursing home in Greenwich, Connecticut on February okay. 2nd. Wow, okay. 1971. Okay, so he's, he's no longer with us. Now, I'm going to talk about something else that's ridiculous and kind of racist it's like an online mm, like story that's like it's just like fake a fake story but it's kind of a joke but some people believe it. it's called Cinco de Mayo S-I-N-K-O-D-M-A-Y-O and Uh-oh. some people actually believe it but it's just a bad joke about like basically the Titanic had like a ton of mayo on it that was like they were going to Veracruz Mexico and then the ship sank and all the mayo sank and the Mexican people never got their mayo. And that's why we have the holiday Cinco de Mayo. So it's really just racist because obviously Cinco de Mayo had a much more important history to it. And it's just a dumb fucking joke. But this is interesting. At one point... Who when came Helen up with this? That's so stupid. It's dumbass. It's fucking dumb. I'm only mentioning it because... This is actually true. At one point, when Hellman and his wife were in Europe to research product distribution, travel agents urged them to sail back to the U.S. on a shiny new ship, the Titanic, that was <laughs> making its maiden voyage. They took a smaller ship instead. So well, they almost died on the Titanic, for real. Well, then there would have been mayonnaise on the Titanic. Exactly. Yeah, because their clothes were made of mayonnaise. 
Um, so more than 100 years after its creation, Hellman's still sells more than half the mayonnaise in the nation. See? Now. More than yeah. half the nation can't be wrong, mayonnaise That's true. freaks. Get it together, people. Also, so these same people I'm, that are like, I'm not going to eat Hellman's because it has high fructose corn syrup in it are like, I'm going to eat Chick-fil-A. I'm like, dude. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, do heroin. I mean, listen, we all have our vices. I feel like eating Hellman's mayo is probably the least bad thing you can do for yourself. Not in the world, but out of if you're going to pick a vice, <laughs> you know, it's not the best thing you can do either. Although I've heard it cures lice. Did you ever hear that? No. People put it in their hair as conditioner. You that can definitely put crazy. it in your hair. That's the thing. You can. And maybe I should try it. I should have tried that for the episode. Okay, so as usual, I'm when I'm researching these stories, I'm always very like curious to know if there's a crime element associated with whatever the topic is. So usually I'll Google like whatever, banana crime, like, you know, hot dog crime. So today <laughs> I Googled mayo crime. And there was three different crimes that I want to just talk to you about that were meanies related great um okay great so the first one's actually interesting so are you familiar with the really awful terrible terrible defense um murder defense known as gay panic that's been used like it's still allowed in some states today no i don't know what that is it's called the gay panic defense now in this article it didn't say that they were using the gay panic defense but it definitely is so the gay panic defense Um, I think it was like, I think it was coined in the eighties and it was basically like if some like, you know, because there's plenty of people who like, especially in the seventies and eighties and before, and still today, I mean, this is what happened with Matthew Shepard. Um, and they use the gay panic defense in Matthew Shepard's case is that like, there's a defense known that like, if you are a man and you say like, well, I was with this guy and I was driving him home and then he, he tried to have sex with me. So I killed him because I was so freaked out. And that's like the defense and people have gone what? off. Yeah. Read about that's it. That's insane. It's very fucked up. I mean, they use it in the Matthew Shepard case. They tried to use it. And what was not Sally, Jesse Raphael, the other woman. And there was like a guy who killed another like guy from the show because he came out to him on the show and said he was in love with him. Like they tried to use it in that, but it like is still legal. I don't even know states. about that. That's so effed up. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. So I think that this is kind of like, I think they use the gay panic defense in this case, although like it didn't say it, but it sounds a lot like it. So according to the AP news, this is an article from 1986. A man told police, he quote, went crazy and stabbed a man who had spread things from the refrigerator on his nude body while asleep. And he, this guy was acquitted of first degree murder. Dean Ludwig B, 30 years old, this is 1986 of Parksburg, um, blah, 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 was found innocent Wednesday, um, 1985, uh, on the killing of funeral director F. Dent Hickman, whose body, um, blah, 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 whose body was stabbed 13 times, was found in his Harrisville home. Police said B told them, and he, him and his co defendant, James Dean Bailey, huh. Bailey. James Dean Bailey? (laughs) James Dean Bailey accepted a ride home with Hickman from a bar and he'd fallen asleep in the car only to wake up later in a strange house. There was ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise, pickles, things out of the refrigerator, and Hickman was licking them off So like nine and a half weeks. Exactly. Oh my God. That's like probably my favorite scene in any movie ever. What Um, year was this? So he said he went crazy and killed him in 1985. Oh. I think it came out later than that. Right. But it's just like, obviously... 
I don't know. That just sounds to me like they went. He home to also do some obviously didn't. That's that man just murdered someone. Yeah. Yeah, he murdered somebody because like he felt creeped out about that he was gay and he couldn't handle it, and so he killed the guy. And that happens all the time, and it's very fucked up. So then, yeah, fast that's forward. That's why to, trans women get beat to shit and murdered all the time. It's true. It's absolutely true because people are actually interested in, you know, and why shouldn't they be in sleeping with a beautiful trans woman and then they sleep with trans women or find out that they're that they're trans and then beat them to death and it's it's disgusting. It's really horrible. Um so okay, moving forward to 2010. Metro News and an article by Tom Phillips. Police in Boise, Idaho say that a 75, this is much more lighthearted, say that a 75-year-old Joy L. Cassidy was arrested after she was spotted pouring mayonnaise into the book return box of the Ada County Library. Yes. They say that she's a person of interest in the investigation to at least 10 other consummate-related crimes against the library over the past year. Although I will say... I'm a big yeah, library person, so we should not be mean to our libraries. No, um, don't put mayonnaise in the and anything in the library. But this is but funny that's funny. Old. Yeah, it's funny because she was like an older woman. If she was like 15, it'd be like you jerks. Cassidy was arrested on Sunday at the library moments after police say she pulled through the outside drive-through and dumped an open jar of mayonnaise into the book drop box. Boise police <laughs> say that Cassidy is also under investigation over repeated incidents of vandalism that began in May 2009, during which her reign of condiment terror library employees have reported finding books in the drop box covered in corn syrup and ketchup as well as <laughs> that is funny i feel like the thing is is like she obviously has some sort of beef with the head librarian or something yeah like absolutely. he cheated on her or like there's something going on and yeah, i'm on I her mean, side this is, this is how me too but this is how a criminal a severe criminal this is um you know, the early stages. What do you call it when, a, like, there's a name for that. When criminal behavior, like, you start as a peeping Tom. Escalation. Mm. This is escalation. She's, you know, she's one step away from murder. Um. Anyway, I don't know what happened to her. She'd be dead now. She'd be in jail. Hopefully she's fine and she's worked it out with her issues. But I think it's funny. I actually kind of hope she's still doing it in, in other ways. <laughs> um, it's really a victimless crime, honestly. So no, then, those July, poor books. The books are the victims, but I don't know. It's at least not a person. I think it's funny. Um, ox- it, according to Oxygen, this is an article from Oxygen 2019 by Gina Tron. Uh, a California man has allegedly admitted to beating his wife to death with a concrete block, but has an unusual ex- explanation for why he did it. Nathaniel Robertson, 46, allegedly told investigators that he killed his 57-year-old wife because she was too old. No, just kidding. Uh, Lydia Robertson, to give her a compassion and mercy as the alignments were not in place to protect her. Now, I'm going to explain what this means in a minute, which is it basically means nothing because he was on a ton of meth. Nathaniel is also, Nathaniel also in part blamed a powerful group for poisoning the mayonnaise he ate he allegedly said they poisoned his mayo, but he refused to specify who they were, just that it was a group of brutal and powerful people. Nathaniel also told investigators that something inside him was forcing him to release information to the rev- about the Revolutionary War. Uh, Nathaniel also <laughs> told investigators he used the drug, which he referred to as ice and crystal, to help him breathe, according to court documents. To help him breathe? 
Yeah, I know. That's very sad. Being addicted to drugs is terrible, and there's probably some mental illness there, too. But, um, yeah. So, those are did three they terrible say, crimes. Did they say what brand mayonnaise is involved in any of these? No, they, they left the brand out of it. They didn't want to give any free advertisement, I guess. But, I mean, I think it's <laughs> fair to assume it was probably off-brand in most of these cases. Although, maybe in the book one, it seemed like this woman... She was probably pretty legit. I'm going to go ahead and say Miracle Whip. Yeah, that's what I'm... People use it interchangeably, but it's actually not mayonnaise. Right, 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 right. Interesting. Hmm. No, we'll never know. It's salad dressing, okay? It's salad dressing. Now, I want to ask you a couple questions about mayonnaise for our chef recommends this week. Okay. Is Is there any application in which you think mayonnaise is disgusting? Well, we already talked about it on this episode, or on the, not on this episode, but on this show. But that one salad that's, like, got marshmallows in it. Ambrosia, yes. That's that's very gross. That's a crime. Yeah, it is a crime. <laughs> I was just saying to someone earlier, I was like, the only reason that we should not, like, abolish the police is so that, like, people can call the police when somebody makes a salad with jello and a no. mayonnaise salad. Yeah. Too soon for that joke. Really? Uh, I think so. I feel sad. But I think, but as we, I don't know if we talked about this. I'm pretty sure we did, but I've had ambrosia with whipped cream and I'm pretty sure by whipped cream, I mean cool whip and that is acceptable. But the mayonnaise version is troubling to me. I mean, there's also salads out there. I just have to be honest that I've seen that are like iceberg chunks of jello and there's like a slathering of mayonnaise. Like that's a, you know, to me and I don't want to yuck anyone's yum, but yuck. I mean, it's like yeah. aspects though. Aspects were French, you know. Blame them. Yeah, I mean, I've had aspect like in they were Piemonte, French. <laughs> they were not anymore. Um, I had aspect in Piemonte with like aioli, and it was good. See, it was good. So you know what? Maybe I just don't understand. Just like parents. But I also just want to point out that Waldorf salad to me is not good. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing about Waldorf salad that I'd like to say. Um, And I'm going to say it in a brand new way. Is that Waldorf salad is not good. But when you put chicken in it, then it becomes good. No. What is Waldorf salad? I thought Waldorf salad did have chicken in it always. No, it's just like walnuts and grapes and like mayo. That's it. No, that's not. That's not true. Yeah, I'm going to look that shit up right You have to look it up right now, because no. Waldorf salad has chicken in it, always. No, I don't think so. You think someone just took some grapes and some walnuts and put some mayonnaise yeah. on it, and they're like, ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> well, these recipes do seem to contain chicken. Well, I'm going to look, look up, up Wikipedia, though. The Wikipedia! Oh, no! Fuck! Yes, I'm right. God damn no. it, I'm so good. Yep, modern versions cr- contain chicken, turkey, or dried fruit. However, the Waldorf salad, named for the Waldorf Stereotel in New York, was created uh, where it was first created for a charity ball given in the honor of St. Mary's Hospital in 1896. Those poor bastards. Um, the signature dish... Blah, 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 blah. Who cares? Boring. The original recipe was just apples, celery, and mayonnaise. It okay, well, that's... It not contain nuts, but it has been added over time. Okay, so there's not grapes and walnuts, but apples and celery and mayonnaise is even worse. <laughs> it is worse. Yeah, it is worse. A variation <laughs> is known as emerald salad that replaces the celery with cauliflower. I mean, I don't know. 
It Raw cauliflower? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. So you're it's telling terrible. me it's apples, raw cauliflower, and mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a nightmare. It's in the of, 1800s, people were insane. That's why they had fainting couches everywhere. That's true. People would eat a Waldorf salad, and they'd have to go faint on a, pure, a cute little couch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were also, like, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, like shaking off their butts and, you know what I mean? Have you ever seen the road to Elville? You know that butt shaking yeah. machine? And it was like yes. a big strap and it would just like basically shake your butt. You'd put your Yeah, but that was like the sixties or fifties or something. No, they did that. That was also in the turn of the century. Hmm. Yeah, butt shaking. There they used to have one of those. My grandma's apartment building in Florida, there was a butt shaking machine. And I did it. And I think that might be when I came into like my sexual awareness, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> TMI. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. You know, I don't know. It didn't seem like just for butt shaking, and I kind of wish that I had one here right now because it's well, they proved that it didn't winter. actually do anything to vibrate your body. But tell that to my fourteen-year-old self. <laughs> okay, listen. What are your top three favorite mayonnaise like uses? Whatever foods with mayonnaise. <laughs> my mm-hmm. uses for mayonnaise: tuna yeah, salad. Did you say penis salad? Nope, I've never said that in my life. Tuna salad. Okay. Great. Great. Um, Tuna salad. um, Mayonnaise. You know, I recently converted to putting mayonnaise on a sandwich. I was used to be like, let's don't need it. Don't need it. But now I'm like, yeah, mustard and mayonnaise mixed together is good. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess potato salad. I don't Oh no. Egg salad. Egg salad would be my third. Mm. I made a delicious Egg egg salad recently. Simple, eggy, Hellman's, mustard, salt, pepper. That's it. That sounds good. Um, all right. I like mayonnaise and tuna salad also. I like mayonnaise and coleslaw. Mm. And I like mayonnaise on, like, now this is going to be very fringe. And again, I want to just remind all of our single male listeners out there who have posters of me above their bed. If you don't like this, please do not submit your application. <laughs> I put, I make frittata often because, um, especially lately, because I love going to the farmer's market and I love buying stuff, but I um, spend a lot of time looking at my vegetables until they wilt and rot and just eating chips and salsa for dinner. And then it gets to be Sunday and I'm like, God damn it, I have all these wilty vegetables. So I make a lot of frittatas. And then I'll usually just eat them cold, like a little slice out of the fridge and a little bit of mayo. And I really like that. That's delicious. Yeah, Spanish tortilla with mayonnaise is good. It's good. I mean, yum. Right? Am I right? Am I wrong? If I'm wrong, I don't want to be right. That's the Miracle Whip slogan. It is. That's true. It's actually the tangy zip of Miracle Whip, which rhymes. What's Hellman's uh, slogan? I don't know. Hellman's. It's gloppy. Oh, I was going to ask you this. What about Duke? What's the deal? What is the deal with Duke's mayonnaise? People always talk. I've never had it. (laughs) Me either. People are always like, you you can't make your tuna salad without Duke's. And I'm like, shut up. Try me. Yeah, try me. Um, I've never had it. I'm totally open to it. Never had it. Don't really know where to find it. Um, okay. Please feel free to send it in to us. 
have a second um, question really quick before we leave. Yeah, yeah. Please. What please is your opinion ahead. on Cupie mayonnaise? Because I love it. I was just going to say, ask you the exact same question. Um, yeah, it's good. I always thought it was Q-Pie because I don't pronounce anything right. It's an affliction I've inherited from my mother and father. So <laughs> I'm glad I know how to say it now. Cupie. It's adorable. The name. It's great very packaging. cute. The packaging's great. But the mayonnaise itself is specific. I think it's... There, there's something, I looked up what it is about it, but I can't remember. What, there's something different in there that makes it so special. And it's so good. Yeah, it is very good. Speaking of Japanese mayonnaise, um, I, in my research yesterday, saw a new product that is fr- hails from Japan, which is mayonnaise singles. They're like mayonnaise sheets that come, that are like compact, kind of like individual American cheese singles, but they're just mayonnaise. What? They're like solid? Like you chew it? Uh, I don't know. I guess it's probably a little bit more viscous than what would be your the point of that? Mayonnaise. I guess you can just flap it right onto a sammy. If like maybe you're making a sammy on the run, I don't know. Really, but you can't because you still have to smear it around. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't. Um, I appreciate the innovation. A brick of mayonnaise, like in a sheet, hmm. doesn't speak to me like right off the bat, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I don't feel an emotional connection right away. I don't. I'm not attracted to it at all. But I do love Russian dressing also. And when I was younger, we used to make a thing. My mom always made magic sauce that we'd have with roast chicken. And I, like, wouldn't eat roast chicken without magic sauce. And it was just, like, I think they have, I mean, people make this all over. I think in Utah it's called, like, fry sauce. It was just, like, um, mayonnaise and ketchup and like a little lemon juice it was really good i still like Mm. it i don't ever really have it but it's good it's weird to think of that with roast chicken for me i don't know Mm, so good and like broccoli like really overly steamed broccoli like mushy broccoli roast chicken some magic sauce bing bang boom Mm. a little garlic just kidding that's emerald um (laughs) but yeah this was a very interesting episode i learned a lot i cried and i couldn't tell but i'm crying on the inside i'm uh, crying yeah i'm crying remember that old thing (laughs) how about what do you mean like i'm crying because no people people would be like i'm crying like c-r-i-n-e i'm crying crying no i don't know that i missed that it was an internet thing i missed it i missed it all um well, thanks for letting us, like, joke around. This is obviously a very serious time for a lot of reasons, but it feels good to just, like, you know, have 45 minutes to an hour of brain-dead, dumb conversation, and I hope that, I don't know, you got you guys got a couple of chuckles out of it. Kira just called me before the episode, our good friend, Kira Bill, friend of the show, and said that, A, she can hear the my dad's wind chimes, um, that I have on my porch sometimes during the show and that listening Aww. to us because she's been away visiting her parents for and staying with her parents for like months now and said that it makes her feel like connected to home and then she loves listening to the show and yeah it was very sweet God bless um, you Kira yeah Kira you're wonderful we love you all of you listeners thanks for for tuning in to us tuning into our show um, you got anything else you want to say do you feel uh, how, how are you feeling you feeling okay this week yeah, I'm feeling great. I love to be away from my responsibilities in my cockroach apartment. Um, I also found out in the Midwest that Walgreens sells shoes. So if you guys oh, shit. 
travel for the summer and you get yourself out of the city to a Walgreens, a real Walgreens, they have shoes there. And some of them are kind of cute, I think. That's amazing. That's a, that's a hot tip. Um, I know. Yeah, I feel good this week, too. I actually feel like, I don't know, I feel like good for the first time in a while. Not like, it's hard to say that. I feel like a bit of, I feel weird saying, like, I I feel good because there's, nothing has really changed at all. But I guess I just am feeling, like, able to take some moments of joy for myself where I can find them. And I'm trying to change my perspective around, like I said before. So I, I feel pretty good, too. And, you know, I think it's kind of just about small wins during this time because it's yeah. so hard and so many people are We still are have suffering. work to do, and the world is still a sack of shit. So we're, but, we're working towards something. I think it's like, you know, without getting too far into it, but it's just hard to... It's been hard for me, at least, to know, and I, I assume that some other people might be feeling this way, that it's hard to to let yourself have moments of joy, right? Because there's so much darkness in so many different ways. And there's so many people who are suffering and we're so hyper aware of it, which is a good thing. Um, so I, like, I feel conflicted about having moments of joy, but you know, I think at the same time that like, that is okay to have moments of joy and to just like know how to balance them so that you're not being callous or but if you do have a moment of joy you have to write it down so you can self-flagellate later exactly yeah be like why did i laugh so much earlier yeah i'm just Uh, kidding everyone everyone should have moments of joy yeah yeah takes take a couple a day it's it's free and um in all seriousness like i know i was like clowning around and complaining on the show, but I also highly recommend trying to, whether it's not complaining or just changing other like things in your life, if you are feeling really down, um, not saying this is by any means the key to everything, but depression is running rampant right now and it's hard to know what to do, um, especially if you can't afford to get on meds. Um, sometimes just changing little things. And I noticed at other points in my life when I was really low, I stopped complaining and it's just like about, me- I think for me, it was, it's not like a miracle. It was just about measuring my output of negativity. So that's something that works for me. No pressure at all for anyone else to do that. But, you know, if you if there's any ways to try to, you know, tinker around with the old brain box, it couldn't hurt. <laughs> or good, I guess. If you don't tinker too much. Okay. On that note, love you, Nicole. So love nice you, Dara. To you. Um, hasta la pasta. With me, this- Bye-bye. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at Facebook.com slash Heritage Radio Network. 
Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.